Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Depending on how you grew up, you learn a lot of things by association and by environment. And even in a religious setting, that's not always good things. I mean, religion doesn't equal God. Uh, it has to be according to the Word, or there's no victory, no power in it. But uh, the scripture we've been reading, the Lord said, uh, they, they didn't know my ways. And so what we're seeking to learn it should be every Christian's uh, pursuit, is to learn His ways. Do you want to know His ways? His ways work. His ways produce results, victories, miracles. And so let's pray for that and let's believe for that today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking, Lord, to open our eyes our ears, our hearts, our minds, and reveal to us your perfect, right, good ways. And we want to please you, Lord. We know part of your ways are faith. And without it, it's impossible to please you. So we seek that. And we know that you have good things you want to do in our life. And, and, and part of your ways are goodness. All your ways are good and right. And so we seek this. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look please again in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. We've been on this series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1, he says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. He's saying, I want you to know this. I don't want you to be in the dark. I don't want you to be ignorant about this. And would you say that a lot of the church is ignorant about things that happen in the Old Testament? They don't even read it anymore, many people. They act like, well, you know, that's all passed away and that's old and that's, that's not for us. That's not true. That's not true. Anything God ever said is still true and right. And if he called something bad, it's still bad. If he said it was good, it's still good. And so in the New Testament, writing to the church at Corinth, we're still a part of this same church age and same church. He's saying, I don't want you to be in the dark about this. I don't want you to be ignorant about this. I want you to know. And so if he wants us to know, I want to know. Don't you? He said, uh, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. It's an amazing thing that when God brought that first generation of Israelites out of Egyptian slavery and bondage, 
It should have been on their way to the promised land. He appeared in a cloud of glory. And at nighttime, you could see fire burning in it. (laughs) And he led them by means of that cloud, that pillar of cloud, pillar of fire. It was always there. Isn't it something how you can get used to something like that and still gripe and complain? (laughs) The glory cloud is there shining and you're bellyaching and they were bellyaching and blaming Moses and stuff. You can get used to anything. But that's what he's saying, that cloud. And um, God appeared in glory and in fire. Is he still glorious today? Yes, he is. Will he still lead you today? Will he be with you and never leave you and never forsake you? He said he would. So they were all, verse 2, baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they did all eat the same spiritual food and they did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, or the margin says went with them. And that rock was Christ. Say it again, class. That rock rock was was Christ. Christ. Now, Christ means the anointed one. It also refers to the Redeemer, the Savior of the world, the one that God would send fulfilling prophecy. And so we, we see that these things that happened to them, He goes on to say in verse 11, all these things happen to them for examples and they're written for our admonition. Verse 6, these things were our examples to the intent we we shouldn't do what they did. Not only is it accurate history, but God, I mean, there's a lot happened that's not recorded. Most of what happened is not recorded. But God chose these things Because they are timeless truth. They portray redemption. They portray the struggles of the flesh and the spirit, of fear and faith, of distrust and obedience, and of Christ redeeming a man that could not save himself. And so... uh, As we read these things, don't just look at it just as history only. Be looking for Jesus. Is that right? Looking for redemption. Looking uh, for how it applies to you today. Because New Testament scripture says it's an example for us now. Go back to Numbers 20, please. Numbers 20. We've taken one by one, looking at some 15 instances where uh, these people failed to trust God so that we learn what not to do. But we see in, in chapter 20 on the 13th event, there was no water in, in the wilderness, in the desert, and the people are in distress. Uh, they're, they're parched, their animals are parched, and the problem is they are so far away from any water and, and no idea where to find it uh, in time. And what do you do when you are at a, 
an impasse like this? Well, if you don't know God and if you don't have faith, you panic. You will not be able to escape fear. No matter who you are, how educated you think you might be, or when, when you can't see any hope, desperation sets in. But these are not just any people. These are God's people. Is that right? And he has delivered them through a series of spectacular signs and wonders. They have seen things nobody's ever heard of before. Didn't they? Even before they left Egypt. I mean, the waters turned to blood. Darkness covered part of the land in the middle of the day. Um, He spared them. He split the Red Sea. They have seen sign and wonder after provision after provision. But again, when they get to a place, no water. Oh, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. And that's what the scripture is warning us. Don't do this. Don't be like this. Because you don't have to. It's a source. Excuse me. It's a choice. I've had people say, well, what if I, you know, what if I'm trying to believe God and and I die? Well, dear heart, you're going to die pretty soon. (laughs) One way or the other. Is that right? Uh, If the Lord tears his coming, it, it won't be long. And um, uh, you don't want to die any other way, do you? Then trust in God. If you made a mistake and you were doing the best you knew to trust God, but you didn't make it somehow and and you died. Next thing you know, you depart and go to be with the Lord and and you say, Lord, I was trying to believe you. He'll say, I know, baby, come in, come in. (laughs) And it'll be It'll be fine, and I'm convinced that over the next, you know, few hundred years, when you first get to heaven, just every once in a while, you'll stop and go, oh, oh, no wonder, oh, okay, oh. See, the Bible said right now, we see through a glass darkly. We, our perspective is so narrow and limited and obscured. Even the things we see, so much of it we don't see clearly. It's just kind of dim and a little bit of this and that. And, and when you see and know as you are known, it'll be clear God was not your problem. He did not let you down. He did not fail you. He did not fail to keep his word. That's why you'll go, oh, oh, and you'll see God was more merciful than you would have asked him to be. And he was always perfectly right and just and good and faithful. And you can just go ahead and decide that right now. Can't you? Before you see more, before you learn more, that's what faith is. That's what trust is. It's a choice. You've got no reason to doubt him and many reasons to trust him. Somebody say, I choose choose. to trust him. So there was no water, verse 2. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. The people chode, they wrangled, they wrestled, they, they fought against Moses and said, Would God we had died. Now, one name for this event is the waters of strife. 
because that's what was going on. When it says they, they chode, that's a form of the word chiding, and it has to do with strife. Strife is an evil thing. Do you know that, class? Strife is a very bad thing. And it's also um, contagious. It's something that's a spiritual influence. And it's something you can easily get sucked into. Uh, go with me to the book of James, if you would. Let's, let's talk a little more about this. They were striving arguing, fighting. Did you know you can get in a habit of that? A lot of people are. A lot of people, they just, they just start arguing for no discernible reason. And they, a lot of times they grew up, just, you know, start yelling at each other, the drop of a hat. They go, well, that's just, you know, I'm, um, people say, well, I'm, I'm Italian, I'm, uh, this or that. Well, no, you're a Christian. And now that you are a, a Christian, regardless of how you grew up, you are not supposed to be uh, quick-tempered. Didn't the Bible say, be uh, slow to anger? Is that right? Yes. Quick to hear and slow to speak. And, and regardless of how you or I grew up or, or what our environment was that we came out of, we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind so that we are long patience. Is that right? And we are not quick to talk. And we're certainly not quick to become combative. And you'll find that the enemy uses this as a ploy, as a trick an interesting study, if you go back some time, read the book of Proverbs and notice every verse that talks about strife. There's a bunch of it in there because it's a revelation that if you get sucked into strife, you're being a foolish individual to let yourself get pulled into it. But there's more involved than reasoning. Have you ever been around, come in after somebody has been fighting you didn't even hear the fight. You weren't there. But you walk in the room and you look at them and you can feel it. Is that right? You can feel it in the room. Well, what are you feeling? That's not a physical thing. It's spiritual things. And wrong spirits get involved in strife. And, and the enemy's desire, he would like to push the whole world until it is just in a frenzy at each other's throats, killing each other, and violence just breaks out all over the planet. That's what he's always trying to do with every generation, and you'll see he achieves it in spots here and there, when you see riots on the street, when you see this and that. None of that is God. None of that. None of that. What happens in those situations? Stealing, killing, is that right? Destroying, is that God? No, Jesus said that's the thief. That's the thief. So do you want to be on guard and not let yourself get sucked into that? Yeah, you do. Go to James, if you would, the third chapter like we mentioned. 
Here he, he distinguishes two kinds of wisdom. It's an interesting thing, too. But did you know there was more than one kind of wisdom? <laughs> James 3, verse 13, he said, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth, This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. There is a devilish wisdom. Don't you find that interesting? What does that mean? Well, if you listen to it, the devil will show you clever, subtle ways to do bad things. But that doesn't come from God. That comes from the enemy. Verse 16, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Strife. I know some uh, years ago when uh, we were first getting started in the ministry and we needed to, to have some staff and we began to add staff. And uh, there were a couple little uh, situations where some staff kind of disagreed with each other and had a little thing. And um, the Lord uh, spoke to me about it, about the church and about the ministry that, I, that Phyllis and I were responsible and not to allow strife, not to permit it, not to allow it. And as I waited before him about this, he brought me to this passage where it said, where there's strife and envying, there's confusion. Did you hear that? And then what else? Every evil work. When we talked about if you walk in the room, people have been fighting and yelling, fussing at each other, that kind of thing. Even if you didn't hear it and didn't know it, you can sense it. You can feel it. What is that? That's some of that evil thing he was talking about. And the Lord revealed to me, quickened to me, When strife is going on, that is the manifestation of the presence of the enemy. That's why you sense it. That's why you feel it. And it's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. And the Lord dealt with me. He said, if if this is my ministry, he's talking about his, his church, his ministry, he says, I want no strife in it. Doesn't that make sense? He wants how much manifestation of the enemy in his church, in his ministry. And so we pulled the staff together and we talked about it. And every once in a while, we remind everybody, we are a zero strife zone. (laughs) Why? Because we must not allow the enemy to manifest himself in the church. Is that right? Or in God's ministries. Well, Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your home should be his area too. Is that right? Should every child of God have the same idea? Have the same thing? We we can't allow any strife. Do you remember when uh, the Bible said to Abraham and his nephew Lot, they got so many cows, they didn't have enough pasture, and, and their herdsmen got into strife. That's the word. Over 
pasture and water. Well, Abraham, who's the elder, he comes to Lot and he says, look, let there be no strife between me and you. And basically he went on to say, whatever it takes, this is ending today. Now that's a man of God, right? He's saying, I will get out of your way. You can have whatever you want. Uh, and you take the best and I'll go the other way. But this strife has to stop now, today, because we're brethren and we cannot have strife. Should we think that way? Yes. Well, one reason I'm talking about it is because this is called the waters of Meribah. And that word means grappling or fighting or strife. And that's what happened to Moses. When uh, the Lord told him, okay, go speak to the rock. And then he shows up there, he and Aaron, and he says, here now, you bunch of rebels. Are we going to have to bring water out of this rock for you? And he slams the rock. What's going on? What's going on? This is not typical of Moses. Can you see that? You back up to the 12th chapter and, and, and Miriam, his sister, and Aaron, they... they didn't like his choice of a wife. And the Bible said Moses was the meekest man on the planet. He didn't fight with them about it. He'd just go to God and listen to what he said. But after months and months and months of rubbing shoulders with this rebellious, strife-filled bunch, can you see it infected him? Can you see it contaminated him. Does it matter who you hang around? Does it matter where you spend time? And, and we got to watch because in our age of media, we are surrounded with a myriad of images and voices. Whether it's online, whether it's interaction with social media, whether it's TV, movies, it goes on and on and on, but so much of it is inspired by the enemy, and it's full of strife, arguing, fighting, fussing, yelling, blaming. If you feed on that eight hours a day, what's going to happen? Will you be able to remain immune to it indefinitely? See, Moses was not spending... Um, Eight hours a day online watching the real wives of such and such <laughs> or whatever it was. But all he had to do was step out of the tent. Is that right? And everywhere he looked, every direction he listened, people were griping and they were belly aching and they were mad and they were upset and they were discouraged. And in that soup of strife, it came to a point where, you know, also his sister had just died and months and months of this are going on and he just, he messed up. He made a mistake. And I, I can almost hear somebody saying, yeah, you know, that's me. Sometimes I just lose it too. Yeah, and sometimes it costs you yeah. dearly. So yeah, he messed up, but it cost him. Doesn't mean he was lost. Doesn't mean God didn't love him anymore. But God has to be fair. If he's going to join this bunch in rebellion and defiance and strife, 
then he's going to get the same thing they get, which was not going in to the promised land. Is strife dangerous, class? Come on, can you see this? It's deadly dangerous. It's, and it's so pervasive. It's just all over the place. Listen to uh, uh, Philippians talks about this. Philippians, the second chapter, and 3. Philippians 2, 3. It says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. How much strife are we permitted to be a part of? Let nothing be done through strife. And, and you, you, man, you got to... Uh, be disciplined about this because uh, people want to, they want to come at you. They want to get something started. They don't even realize they're just yielding to wrong influences. But, and when they do and people say ugly things to you or combative or unreasonable things to you, it will pull on your flesh to respond in like kind. Huh? It will. But if you do, if you start talking back and doing that, now you're yielding to the same evil influences they're yielding. That's what happened to Moses. Good man. You talk about a good man. They don't come much better than Moses. But after months and months of months of being in that strife, does, does he sound like them? You bunch of rebels. <laughs> huh? Are we going to have, whoa, 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 what's this we? We going to get water? We, see, you, you start yielding to that, you get dull in your thinking, you, you can say things you don't even mean, you can say things you don't even believe. So what's the key? Never get started. When you see it going that way, get out. Get out. If you're already home, get them out. <laughs> but if you're not, do not let yourself get sucked into it. He said, verse 14, in that same chapter, do all things, Philippians 2, 14, do all things. Is this New Testament? Yes. Philippians 2, 14. Do all things without, what? Murmurings. That's complaining and blaming. And disputings. What's that? That's that arguing and fighting and strife. Everybody pray a prayer. Say, Father God, help me to be aware of the beginnings of strife and alert me lest I participate, lest I yield to it. Make me aware and I'll resist it. And by your help, stay out of it and give it no place and do all things do everything without murmuring and arguing and fighting. Amen. How many think that's the will of God and that's the plan of God? And I didn't say it always be easy, but you can do it. You can do it. And if you mess up and find yourself you have gotten involved, stop, stop, repent, and get out of it. Stay out of strife. Can you hear what Abraham said? We can't have strife. I mean, he put an end to it. He didn't care how much it cost. Wise man. Well, our, uh, our time is up again, but there's much more. Come back tomorrow, and we're going to see how to stay free and grow in faith. See you soon, back here in Faith. I've got the
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.